0: Good morning again. I just want to say again, thanks for being here. I'm just so thankful for the generosity of the people here at Celebration. Again, what you're doing in, in your, your heart behind God's cause in this valley is changing lives more than you even know. So I just want to, again, echo and say thank you. Uh, you know, this Mother's Day, uh, I was so happy that you got to hear from my mom just a few minutes ago. Uh, her wisdom, uh, because of her wisdom, um, I'm able to stand here this morning. Um, she put so much on the inside of me. And I, I know as a mom, you know, I raise my kids and I, I look back at, at my way of parenting and, and, I, and I look at things and I think, man, I, I probably could have changed that or I could have changed this. But when you look at what your kids are doing and you look at how much they love God, there's a reward in that. And I just want to encourage you, again parents, moms, dads, grandparents, that as you put God's God first, as you prioritize even this moment in your home, I know it may be chaotic, I know there's a lot of stuff probably going on, it's not super, super convenient, but when you put God first in your home, it makes all the difference in the world, it really does. I think so much of the time we strive for so many things when really it's just a few things that really matter. And I can tell you this, putting God first in your life, those of you who are married, putting God first in your marriage, putting God first in your money, putting God first in every area of your life, you'll start seeing success in every area of your life. Why I get the privilege and honor of sharing this morning and? I'm excited about that. I always uh, count it a privilege to be able to, to, to speak. And, you know, if it's just my desire. Uh, you know, I, I don't know everything. I will be the first to admit that. But I do know that God is the source of everything. And I know that God knows everything. And if I'm ever in need or ever in want, I know who to go to. And if I can just share that with you this morning right where you're at, man, then we'll leave today. Better, You know, the Bible talks about in, in Psalms 139, it says that all of our days were written in a book before there was even one of them. The Bible says that when our parents or our mom was pregnant with us, God already had a good life planned for us. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 2, it says our very lives are a letter that anyone can read just by looking at us. It doesn't matter where you are. You're influencing someone. I think we have to know that in our lives. I think that, that we have to be more aware of that in our lives, that people are watching us. You know, I, I know sometimes we think, you know, when we when we have our conversations or, or we, you know, flesh out because of a certain irritation. We think, ah, nobody sees, nobody knows. You know, the kids are too young to understand that. Or, but people are watching you. The Bible says our very lives are like a letter, and people are reading it as they look at us. Our lives right now are influencing the world around us. Your world. I know right now that your world probably feels to you pretty small, but that small world that you're in right now, that's the most important world. Your spouse, your kids, those friends that are super close to you and in relationship with you, that's the most important world. Those are the people who are looking at you and being influenced by you. Your life matters. Jeremiah 29:11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God's plan for you is a good plan. I don't know what your relationship is with God. I know we have many people, you know, not in our building anymore, so we have many people watching from all over the place. I don't know what your relationship with, is with God or what your knowledge of God is or, or what your, your uh, circumstance or your life has maybe taught you about God. But I want you to know this morning that God is good. God's plans for you are good. His thoughts towards you are good. His desire for you is good. Another translation says his plan for you is peace and not disaster. The future that you hoped for. It's a good ending in your life. I know. For some of us right now, it doesn't feel like it, right? Right? feels kind of painful at times. It feels desperate at times. It feel like, feels like, okay, God, if your plans are good, I'm not sure it's working too well. Right? I mean, looking at your situation right now, you feel like like Randy talked about last week. Man, if you didn't hear last week's message, you need to hear it. It was a powerful message. You might feel like you're in that Leah season, that ugly season of life. But I liked what he said. He said, it's our faithfulness in the ugly season that determines our harvest in the fruitful season. I'm going to say that again because it's really good. Our our faithfulness in the ugly season, when we feel like life isn't working, it's our faithfulness in that season that determines determines our harvest in the fruitful season or the fun-filled season or the exciting season. But this is what's happening. The enemy is banking on You getting frustrated in this ugly season and quitting. Enemy's banking on that. He's banking on that you're going to look around at this ugly season and you're not going to think that it's working out for your good and that you're going to quit. Enemy's banking on you quitting. Because as much as God has this amazing plan for your life, the enemy also has a plan. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse number 10, that the thief, Satan... He comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. He's trying to abort God's good plan for you. He's banking on you quitting. He's, he's, he's banking on you giving up. He's trying to abort God's good plan in your life. He thought, Satan, he's not so smart. He thought that he was going to mess up, that he messed up God's plan. When he deceived Adam in the garden, he thought, "Ah, I messed him up. He made a bad choice, got kicked out of the garden. There goes that. But God's plan, still greater. God's plan was still good. God's plan was still in motion. When God's people were in desperate situation and God was going to send a deliverer to lead them out of that place of bondage and frustration and, and, and confusion and that, that, that place of slavery. He was going to send a man named Moses and the enemy was like, I know what's going to happen here. I'm going to kill Moses. I'm going to kill all the babies. I'm going to kill Moses before he even have an, has an opportunity to lead those people out of the bondage. But God had a plan and God's plan was bigger and God, God's plan was greater. And God's plan was still set in motion. He thought that he'd killed Jesus so so uh, Jesus couldn't set up his kingdom on the earth. First of all, he tried to kill him before he was even born. That didn't work. He was born in a manger. Didn't come like they thought he was going to come. Then he tried to kill him. He thought, ah, I'll, I'll, we'll crucify him. He won't be able to set up his kingdom here on this earth, not knowing he was really playing in To God's amazing plan of redemption. That now it's not just Jesus walking around in the earth. He left. He sent the spirit of God. Now we as believers in Christ Jesus are carriers of the power of Jesus. What the enemy meant for evil or try to destroy God's plan. God just has this amazing way of turning those situations to further his kingdom. The enemy you know, it, he tried to start uh, back in when the church was started. He, he thought, I know what I'll do. I'll persecute the church. I'll stop the message of Christ. I'll make them go into hiding. But can I tell you, the Bible says that the church was added to daily, was multiplied to daily. What the enemy thought was a great, amazing plan was turned on him. Now, for you to think that, that, uh, that we're suffering as a church because we're not able to meet in this building. I gotta tell you, the enemy's messed with the wrong people. We're not backing down. Can I tell you right now, I believe that God's message is going forth in a greater measure than it ever has. I can tell you right now that the people of God that are looking at me right now, you have a new fire on the inside of you. You have a new determination to open your mouth and to declare the good things and the good news of the Lord. Why? Because we're not gonna let the enemy push us around. We're not gonna let him force us into hiding. He's messed with the wrong people. Again, don't doubt for a second that the churches is, don't think for a second that the church is, is getting weaker. We as Celebration Church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ around this world, I believe that we are getting stronger. We're getting stronger. The Bible says this in, in uh, Ephesians chapter six, because this is what Satan would like to do. Satan would like for us to get focused on the wrong thing. He would like us to uh, start fighting about things that really aren't the issue. He wants to hide. He wants to continue to hide. He wants us to focus on the wrong thing. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 12, it says, we're not fighting against human enemies. I know you think your spouse is your issue. You think your kids are your issue. But the Bible says we're not fighting against human enemies. Get this. It's important. It says, we're fighting against rulers, authorities, forces of cosmic darkness, spiritual powers, of evil in the heavens Satan would love to get us focused on the wrong thing he wants you to think that it's your spouse that's your issue that it's your kids that's the problem your money is what's holding you back he wants you to think that that it's your money that's that's setting the limits on your life or or that people are the issue or this government shutdown is our issue that's what the enemy wants us to think this is where the enemy wants to keep the church. He wants us to keep human fighting against human. People fighting against people. People thinking that it's people. That's their problem. If we think people are our problem, we're going to be fighting the wrong thing. The Bible says our our warfare, what we're fighting against, it's not people. It's not flesh and blood human. There's a spiritual Uh, attack on this world, and he, just like God, has to operate, and and we have to cooperate with God to see his kingdom rule on this earth, people have to operate with the enemy's plan. That's why there's so much war and violence. It's people connected with the enemy's plan. But the enemy would like to think it's people that's our issue. And if we go around just fighting human to human, we're never going to see the victory and the power and the authority and the good life and the abundant life that Jesus Christ came to bring us. The enemy's trying to get us focused on the wrong thing so we'll get frustrated and we will quit. This is what 1 Peter chapter 5 says. It says, be alert, be on watch. It says, your enemy, the devil, he goes about like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. It says, be firm in your faith and resist him be firm in your faith and resist him i think so much of the time if we're unaware that it's really the enemy who's who's bringing this this oppression and this attack and and this this pushback in our life if we're not aware that it's him we just let it happen it's just life. This is just where we are right now. You know, I, this is just what's happening in my life right now. We don't realize that the authority that we have, the Bible says that when the enemy shows up in our life with opposition, we don't just sit back and let it happen to us. It says we're supposed to stand in faith and push back to resist him, to resist him. The Bible says in James chapter four, verse number seven, submit to God. That's put God first. That's surrender your will to God's will. That whatever God says, God says. He's the the final authority. He's the boss, right? Submit to God. Not my will, God's will. I submit to God. Then it says I resist or push back the devil. And then it says the devil will flee from me. I like that. To resist means to take a stand against, to oppose, to defy, to fight against to refuse, to give in to. I don't know what you guys do on Friday nights or Saturday nights, but at my house, we watch live PD. (laughs) I know some of y'all do too. But I've seen plenty of times that, you know, the cops will go and they'll try to pull over somebody and it's all nice and it's all good. And they get out, oh, officer, why'd you pull me over? Oh, I got a blinker out. Oh, I'm so sorry, I was planning to get that fixed. Everything's really great until the officer finds out that they have a warrant out for their arrest and they go to put them in cuffs, then all of a sudden the fight's on. What's happening? They resist arrest. They do whatever it takes to keep handcuffs or to keep uh, any kind of restraint on them. They fight, fight, fight. This is what the the word of God is saying. We're so quick to give in to the enemy. He throws at us fear. Okay, I'll take it. He throws poverty. Okay, I'll take it. He throws strife in your marriage or strife in your home. Okay, I take it. Not knowing you have a choice. We have a choice. It's time some of y'all just go back to your old, you know, your old gangbanging days or your old, uh, you know, back in the day before Jesus days. You would resist. Yeah, some of y'all were fighters. I know you were. It's time that you don't just throw in the towel when it comes to the enemy opposing you. You got to stand up and you got to fight. Bible says if you resist, you give a little pushback, the enemy has to flee. We can do this. You know why we can do this? Colossians chapter two fifteen says this. Because remember, it's not people we're fighting against. So really, when you're fighting against your spouse, you're really not solving an issue. When you're just fighting and arguing with your kids, it's really not really solving anything yes you need to have discussion yes you need to have communication but when you're really striving and 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 fighting against and warring against a boss a situation even government uh, authorities you're really not accomplishing anything because you're fighting people and again our fight is not people our fight is strongholds principalities principalities and, and 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 evil is what we're we're really fighting against but listen to this This is a cool thing. This is why we can stand and push back when the enemy tries to push us. It says in Colossians 2.15 that God stripped, God stripped the rulers and the powers of their authority. When the cross, with the cross, he won the victory and showed the world that they are powerless. Bible says when Jesus Christ went to the cross, that he destroyed principalities and powers prove them powerless they now because of the cross of Jesus Christ have no authority in our lives none no authority see this is why the enemy wants you to think it's people that's your issue because it, he knows that once you know that he's the issue that you'll stand in that authority and he no longer has a, a, an ability to mess your life up you've taken his power away when you know who you are and what Jesus Christ did to him. Luke chapter 10, Jesus talking to his disciples and Jesus talking to you. He says, look, I've given you authority to crush snakes and scorpions underfoot. Listen to this. I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. I love that. First John 4 4 says, as for you children, you're God's children. You've successfully resisted him. Because greater is he on the inside of you than he who is in the world. I have good news for you. When you wake up to this fact that people are not your issue, that it's Satan that's trying to give you problems, man, you can start standing in your authority, and he loses his power. He only has power because you don't know that you do. That'll preach right there. Oh, wait, I am preaching. Okay. So the Bible says we need to resist him and he'll flee. How do we resist him? What, is, what are things that we need, two things that we need to resist? We need to resist him, number one, we need to resist him taking what belongs to us. This is one thing we need to resist, and we need to fight back, and we need to stand in our authority. We need to resist him taking what belongs to us, what God has given to us. You know, Luke chapter 18, it talks about, it says, uh, I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child uh, will never enter it. You know, I have three kids of my own and and now I have six grandkids and it's really funny watching them because seeing life in the eyes of a child, um, children don't think like adults do, right? They don't know really the difference between a permanent marker and a washable marker. Some of y'all know that, right? They don't know the difference. They don't know the difference between play clothes and dress clothes. They don't know the difference. They'll they'll run and jump in a mud puddle in dress clothes just like they will play clothes. But the Bible says we can learn a lot from a child. And one thing that we can learn from a child is this. They have a strong that's mine attitude. Y'all know that's true, right? That's mine You go to try to take something from them? Mine, right? That's mine. They have a death grip on it. When you try to take something away from them, they're like, that's mine. That's what we have to do. We have to resist the enemy taking what belongs to us. That's mine. You know, uh, when my my oldest grandson, he just turned 10. So amazing. I don't know how fast that went. It just went so fast. But when he was like, uh, three. We went uh, uh, hunting. You all know his dad's a hunter. He's already told you all of his war stories there. But we took him, we went hunting, and, and I had bought him a play rifle. And so he had this play rifle, and he was just running around playing with it, you know, shooting rocks, just pretending with his little play rifle. Well, he'd play with his he called it a he can't talk very plain so he called it his done d-u-n my done and so he says uh you know this is my done like yes bubba that's your gun you get to do whatever you want with your gun my done he was so happy with it so he'd run around and play with it and then there were times he'd put that gun down because he was done playing with it well he'd walk away and be distracted with some something else until someone came up another cousin came up and tried to take his done as soon as someone else tried to come up and take his gun, man, he would go back and take possession using whatever force necessary because no one was going to take his gun. He might have to say, give me that, that's mine, and the cousin would let go. He might have to say, Dimmy that, Roro gave that to me, that's mine, and they'd let it go. Sometimes he'd have to scream and yell for me to come and back him up. He wasn't going to leave anywhere because he knew I gave him that gun. It didn't matter if the other kids struggled to keep it. He knew it was his, and he wasn't going to leave without it. It's time for us to do the same thing. There are some things that God has given to you. It's time for us to stand up and say, those are my kids. Give my kids back. You don't need to sit back and go, oh, yeah, they're the teenage years. Yeah, they're just going to go. No, these are my kids. My kids will serve the Lord. We need to to stand up and say, that's my health. Give me my health back. Give me my money back. Give me my sound mind back. We got to stand and resist the enemy, taking what has already been freely given to us. We got to remind the devil who gave it to us. I command you give me my healing back because Jesus Christ paid for it. It's mine. I will not leave without it. I declare I'm healthy and I'm strong. You're not going to take my money. I'm done with you taking my money. My money does not belong to you. God gave me this job. God gave me my wealth. God gave me my money. I command you to, to give it back. That's mine. God provided it and God gave it to me you got to know what God has given you, and then you got to stand up and quit letting the enemy just so freely take it. we got to resist him taking what belongs to us. The second thing, we got to resist him giving us something that we don't want. we got to resist him giving us something that we don't want. The Bible says in James chapter 117, it says every good gift and every perfect gift, Present comes from heaven, it comes down from God. If it's not good, if it's not perfect, I don't want it. If it's not a God gift, I don't want it. Sometimes we're just so frilly, Well, well, this is just the way it is. This is just what was given to me. We have to resist him giving us things we don't want. Another story with that same grandson. He gives me lots of illustrations. He's pretty an awesome kid. Elam doesn't like chocolate. I know that's weird. So weird. His pops doesn't like chocolate either. But when Elam was like two or three and we'd go uh, trick-or-treating, he'd walk up to the door and, you know, they'd they'd go to put the candy in his bag. And he wouldn't let them put it into his bag until he looked at it first. And if it had anything chocolate in it, he'd politely... Not rudely, he'd politely give it back and say, I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. If it had any kind of chocolate in it at all, he'd say, I don't want it. We tried to talk him into, hey, let's just save it and you can give it to uh, Roro will eat it. Roro loves chocolate. Like, give it to Roro. He's like, no, I don't want it. He didn't want that chocolate in his bag and as much as someone wanted him to have it as someone as much as someone was wanting him just to save it for someone else he said i don't want it it wasn't good it wasn't perfect to him he's like i don't want it i think we've got to stand up for things that that the enemy's trying to to put on us compromise i don't want it lack i don't want it condemnation Uh Uh-uh, I don't want it. Shame, Mm mm-mm, I don't want it. Yeah, but you just, no, no, I don't want it. It's not mine. God didn't give it to me. It's not perfect. It's not good. I don't want it. Strife in my home, strife in my life, I don't want it. As we close this morning, I want to encourage you, just like me, man. I'm making decisions like this myself. I find myself more times than I'd like to say with things in my life, just tolerating them. They're not good. They're not perfect, but I let them stay there. I'm determined to stand up. And if it's not good and not perfect, and it's not something I know came from God, I'm going to stand up and say, you know what? Satan, I don't want this. I resist you giving this to me. I don't want it. And I'm going to throw it off. How about you? Think about your life right now. What are some things that you feel like, man, I've just opened the door to some of these things in my life. I, I didn't, I thought I just had to live with them. Certain things maybe that the enemy's tried to put on you that you've just got comfortable living with. It's time today that we stand up and we say, uh-uh, I resist you giving me anything that I don't want that God didn't give me. And then those things that you feel like He's taken, I want that back. Some of you are standing today, God, I, I I want my kids back. I pray that over you today. Some of you, you're struggling even this morning because it's a painful time. You're not, you don't really have relationship with your kids because you're living a God-fearing, God-loving, God fearing, God loving, God passionate way and and your kids are you know for whatever reason anti that they just don't want any part of that and you feel so broken this morning and you're trying to you're trying to fix it you're trying to phone call them and try to force them to things see things the way you want them to see them and forcing them to to believe like you do or I didn't raise you that way and you may not have but that can't be your fight. Your fight is not with your kid. Satan's trying to steal your family. He's trying to steal your money. He's trying to steal your peace and your joy and the firm foundation that you're built on. But he cannot. He cannot. If you recognize who it is that you're fighting against, again, it's not people. Some of you married, married people, man, this, the, the pressure of being home with each other 24 hours a day is... Ah, you know, the, the 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 little things that, again, I find this so humorous sometimes. God uses these these things, so opposite things, to attract us to one another. And then once we're married, he expects us to live with one another. And those very things that attract us to each other are the very things that irritate us about each other. And you might find yourself saying things and doing things that it's just stress in your home. Can I tell you, it's not... It's not the, the spouse that you married that's your issue. Satan's trying to destroy your home. He said, he's there's a house divided against itself, can't stand. Our fight cannot be with each other. I speak peace into your home today. Men of God, women of God, stand up. Stand up for your family. Stand against the enemy and say, uh-uh. I want my family back. I want peace in my home back. I want money back. I want restoration. And in all these areas, only you know what you're dealing with. Only you know what Satan has stolen from you. But can I tell you, God provided good things for you, and you can demand them back. The Bible says when you resist the devil, he's got to flee. Good things are happening in your home. You know why? Because you're going to take this word, and you're going to walk in it. You're going to take this word and you're going to demand some things back. And then there's some things you opened up your house to, maybe compromise, maybe, maybe just rebellion in some ways, maybe talking, maybe your mouth has got you into strife in your home and, or on your job or just in life. Those are things, you know, God, I resist it in Jesus' name. I resist strife. I'm not going to let the enemy put strife in my life and my home. God's got some good things for your families. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you in this very moment, God, that your presence in your life flows through the television sets, God, the iPads, the phones, God, all these devices that we're watching on, God, this YouTube channel. God, we believe that your presence invades homes right now. God, a tangible presence. God, I pray that there's such healing that happens, God, right now. God, that there's such a God awareness that you are good and you are faithful. God, that people in this moment realize the authority that they have in you. God, that you've empowered them, you've strengthened them, you back them up. God, that you've given them everything that pertains to life, a God kind of life, a good life. God, right now, in Jesus' name, we resist strife. God, we resist confusion. We resist laziness. We resist, God, rebellion. God, we resist anxiety. We resist fear. We resist compromise. God, we say we don't want it, in Jesus' name. God, we call forth your health. Open up our hearts to it. God, healing, provision, life, God, peace, restoration in our home, restoration in our families. God, help us to be aware where the fight really is, that it really isn't people. God, we speak peace into our nation. God, we speak peace into our nation. God, we refuse just to get involved in in just debates over what is and what should be that we call out the spirit of deception that would want to take down the United States of America, one nation under God. And we as the church stand in our authority. And God, we call forth your power. God, we believe for freedom. God, in our homes, In our lives, in our marriages, God, in every situation that we're in, everything we set our hand to, God, we give you thanks for that in Jesus' name. If you happen to be watching and you have never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and you feel on the inside of you, man, I know I've been running far from God. I've let the enemy just mess my life up. I've just been tapped into what I feel, what I think, what I see, and and I've just been letting him mess me up. God's plan for you is better than that. God created you for something better than that. The Bible says all that call upon the name of the Lord, salvation, life of God, comes. So right here, right now, just want you to pray, for me, pray with me. Let's just repeat this together. Father God, thank you for the gift of your son Jesus, that you love me so much, that although his plan for me was evil, God, you turned it around for good. God, you sent your son Jesus to live a perfect life, surrender it for me. I trade my dysfunctional life for his perfect life. Jesus, I receive you, and I receive all the authority that you bring. And from this day forward, I stand against anything the enemy wants to throw at me, and I will not receive anything that the enemy tries to put on me that's not from you. God, I speak your peace in your life. Declare that this is the day that you've made. We rejoice in it. God, I believe your blessing in your favor flow into homes. Good things happen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.